they know that they need help in getting to where they want to go, not because it makes them weak, but it makes them stronger. After a difficult and life-changing event almost 20 years ago, the thought of other families having to suffer even remotely similar to how her family suffered affected Sabrina Winters. She decided to leave New York, her home of 20 years, and open her estate planning law firm in North Carolina. She's been named by business leaders as one of the top 50 entrepreneurs, and her blog was voted by LexisNexis Top 25 Blogs on Estate Planning. Her biggest honor was being sworn into practice before the United States Supreme Court. Thank you for joining us, Sabrina. You are an estate planning attorney who went through a difficult, life-changing event 20 years ago. How did that event help shape your life to where you are today? And how did it guide you to building your practice? Thank you for having me today. I've been practicing law since 1999 is when I was sworn in. And even before that, I was in some shape or form working in a law office and really only wanted to be doing something criminal related. Ever since I was in middle school, that's all I wanted to do. I had saved elective credits for law school, took it at one of the best opportunities ever for an internship in major crimes back home in Long Island. And within week one, I hated it. And I'm standing in the middle of the courtroom after a week. And I thought, what am I going to do now? This is not what I wanted. Right around the same time, my uncle started getting sick. And fast forward, he refused to put any documents in writing. Nothing. All of his problems were going to be our problems. He was just a happy guy and didn't look at all the possible issues that would happen. So he got to the point where he was too sick to do anything. We have family dynamics like every other family. And my father felt that he needed to make the end of my uncle's life as peaceful and serene as possible. And he wanted to tell the physicians to stop resuscitating him. But the other side of the family disagreed. So when that happens, all they can do is try to save his life if that's an opportunity they have. So I watched my father watch his brother be resuscitated several times before he finally passed away. And I say finally, because it was gut-wrenching. And it was at that moment that I thought, there cannot be any other families, if I can help it, that are going to go through what we've gone through these last few days. Nobody really helped us. Nobody sat with us and talked about the options and remembered that we had a family member passing away. Not a lot of people showed us grace and we didn't know what we were doing. We were just doing what we thought was the right thing. And I thought, there's just no way. This is something that needs to be addressed. And it was pretty much in the event of his passing that I decided this is what I was meant to do. I was going to have a firm where my clients were not going to be treated like my family was treated, that this is important enough to make sure that families don't go through what we did. And that's how I started my practice. It's great that you gave yourself permission to pivot from the type of law that you set out to practice. And what a great practice you have built because every family is going to go through a version of this. Correct. As lawyers, we're expected to have solutions, we're expected to come up with answers and solutions for your problems. And I couldn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I needed to start learning how to make that happen for families. 
And I knew deep down for so long that I wanted to do something in the criminal area. I wanted to do estate planning as badly in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had to do it. It was a pivot that was happening for me. Walk us through a little bit how you help families. I have always felt that we're not transactional. We're not going to go to court and represent you on a traffic ticket. That's transactional. That's you need it today. You're going to pay for it and you're going to move on. We don't do real estate closings because that's transactional as well. Estate planning attorneys really have to have a place of compassion, a warm environment for their clients to be present in because they're going to share a lot of scary things with us. What I set out to do was we're going to have a firm what's going to shock clients in a good way. We're not going to be the firm that you're going to walk into and feel like, oh, this is a lawyer's firm. We're here to do business and we're Mm -hmm. done. Very transactional. Exactly. And we're relationship-based. It really starts with what they hear when they call the office. Customer service is big. And because I know how hard it is for them to even have picked up the phone, my staff answers the phone very differently than if they called another law firm. I'm very purposeful and intentional with what I've created in my practice. Every phone call is answered. Hello, it's a great day at the law office of Sabrina Winters. How can I make you smile today? This is Amanda. It's coming across as a smile and they let their guard down and they've shared that with me. I wasn't really having a good day, but thank you for saying that. And that opens up their eyes to kind of what their relationship will be with my firm, what we're going to help them with. And they get that we get them. I start with that, but it goes deeper than that. Many have never even addressed estate planning with any other lawyer. So this is their first time speaking to somebody like me. And so they're really confused on what do I ask? What am I supposed to prepare? What is she going to want from me? So we hold their hands the whole way and we take them step by step. And by the time we're finished, they not only know that they have a really comprehensive plan that meets their needs, but it's also going to be a plan that they understand. If they don't understand it, they can't communicate it to their family. And that's so great because while there is a business side, it's very emotional. And I'm sure it's hard for your clients to separate that emotion from the business part of it as you're speaking to them. Yeah, I'm here to help them with their estate plan and do the best job I can. I'm human and I come from a place of honesty and authenticity all the time. That makes you great at what you do. All the intention you have put into building your practice around the way you want it to be for your clients. And I'm sure they appreciate it as well. Thank you for saying that because it really is. I always bring myself back to what we were feeling in the moment and what we were wanting and we never got. And I'm sure that translates into your leadership style as well. What do you think is the most important aspect of leadership and building and creating teams? You need to know what the strengths are in each one of your team members. Let them excel at what they're good at and what they enjoy doing. And I have to remember that I can't do it all. And even if I could, I can't do it all really well. 
And I have to let that go. I have to be able to delegate trust that I have staff that shares my vision of growth and what this practice stands for. I try to do that every day. I try to encourage them. I don't care how tiny of an event, if it was something exciting, we're celebrating it. I tell everybody, I don't just take that staff member aside and congratulate them and give them kudos. I tell it in front of everybody because everybody should celebrate even just one tiny little accolade of a team member. And I also try to lead by example. I try to be the one that they want to emulate because if I can't show them what I want, they're never going to be able to do it. And it's my fault then. I put myself on the side sometimes and say, Sabrina, remember, this is your practice. They're not doing it because they don't see you doing it enough. And then I get back on track and it's all good. And evaluating is a great quality of a leader. And I like that you bring up strengths and weaknesses because from the women that I've interviewed who run law firms, so many of them have said, I went to school to learn to be a great lawyer, but I didn't take the business side of classes. So the fact that you evaluate and bring in people that are good at doing those aspects of the business just makes a good leader. Then your team all gets along. It just takes that one team member that brings down the whole lot of them. And it's happened here and they've not lasted. I need to see that you're smiling when you come to the office. We all have issues outside of work. We have to remember that we're at work and our first priority are our clients. We have weekly meetings. We talk about all the good things that happen. We talk about all the things to make better. We also make sure that we end our meetings with a positive note. What are you going to do this week that's going to make you or somebody else smile? Sometimes that's the question. It's as simple as that. And it could be really small, but you have to come back next week and say that you did it and how you made, how it made you feel. Because we're doing that for clients, but we need to do that for ourselves as well. And that helps you get to know them yeah, and build the relationship. I agree. When they come on board, They also have to fill out a form for me, all personal stuff. Where's your favorite restaurant? What do you like to do on your time off? You know, what's your favorite candy? What are you allergic to? All of the life things that you don't always see in your staff members every day. I want to know what that is because when birthdays come around or even thanks for the great work, I don't want to always give them a lunch. That might not be what they want. It might be, I love to get my hair colored a second time. Okay, great. I I know that that's what you like to do. And I know that they'll like it because they told me already. I love that. That is such good advice. And it's funny because I just had this conversation with a family member. I said, this holiday, I'd like to have something that I really want. I don't just want a gift. In this time that we're in, everyone feels that way. And the fact that you looked at that as a leader within your company for your employees, that says a lot. I also had to learn how to be a leader. I had to learn what that looked like. I went and I learned it. I learned from somebody I trusted, somebody who knew me. This has not always been me. I've been at this for 20 years. I've evolved not only as a person as a woman, but I've evolved as an attorney. And as that's happened, so is my practice. It's always gotten better. It's never gotten worse because I've worked on myself. And I even tell staff, you have an hour lunch, take it. I don't want you at your desk. I don't want you working while you're having lunch. 
I don't want you running an errand for the office. That hour is for you to step away from the files, the computer, the phone, the notes. Go do something. I don't care if it's sitting in the lunchroom and you close your eyes on the couch, but you need that mental break. I need that mental break. So why wouldn't I expect my staff to? And if I don't see them taking their breaks, I go in and say, you know, it's three o'clock already. You've got to take your break. You've you've got to. And I force them to go do it. And I've, I've won staff who loves to read. Like she's always reading constantly. And that's the pleasure she gets. That's her break. Really remind them that we're all human. And that phone call will be returned after you come back from lunch. It is okay. Mm-hmm. And what you mentioned before, that's great advice for anyone listening in leadership, questioning how you can improve is always so important because we all can always improve in certain areas. I 100% agree. But as lawyers, some of us are very headstrong. We're very set in our ways. I, I'm married to one. <laughs> I've got one living in my house. I, oh, I understand. Well, I purposely chose not to. And I'm glad that I did because I could not live with somebody like me. I will write down things to do that I've already done so I can cross them off and feel like I'm accomplish something. Uh, It's a good thing. Opposites attract a lot of times. That's right. Oh, that's for sure. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one way that you make sure to find and live your joy each day? I know we've talked a lot about how you make sure your employees live their joy. Yeah. That's something that took me a long time to learn. It's always going, always feeling like I couldn't stop. A few years ago, I really sat down and I started figuring out if I didn't have this practice, what would I do? And I came up with nothing, nothing. There wasn't anything that I could say, this is who Sabrina is. And that really bothered me. I went through months of really focusing on why was I feeling that way? Where and how did I lose who I was? Because if I didn't know how I did that, I wouldn't know how to not do it again and how to fix it. It really just came down to, I had too much on my plate, everything. It was my, my father was sick for a long time and I was always running to help my mother with him. It was not wanting to miss something at my daughter's school or her life event. And I would work after that. And it was always putting somebody else first. I never put myself first. So I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I vocalized it all. I said, here's where I am. I don't know where I'm going with this, but here is where I am. I'm going to figure it out, but you need to know where I am right now because I am changing who I am to be more who I am. We have a dog. We've always had a dog and I love animals. They're like people to me that I love. So I purposely started walking our dog a lot more and we go for walks twice a day. I'll listen to music or maybe I'll just walk in silence. I also got to the point where I don't really care what people think. And as long as I'm happy. And that's a great um, place to be. It's getting me out. It's getting me out of the house, out of the office and outside, which I wasn't spending a lot of time doing. I'm also not working at home anymore. I don't do it. I don't bring home my work anymore. Everything stays in the office because I found that I was working at the office. I'd go home, I'd have dinner, I'd walk the dog, and then I'd go back in the office and I would work in my home office. And I was like, I can't, that's not going to happen anymore. I had no separation. So I don't work from home anymore. 
I am spending more time with my daughter. That's what's what I was missing so much of. We switched roles on purpose. My husband had the job that was working from home and he had the time to pick her up from school. He would take her to soccer practice. They were together doing all these life things without me. And I didn't want that anymore. And that's why I don't work at home anymore. And even if it's just sitting next to my daughter, having mindless conversation, that's where I'm happy. That's what I was missing. I love that you took the time to listen to what it is that you need. And this conversation I know resonates with a lot of listeners because when you love what you do and you have a family, there's a lot of pull there. Oh, and yeah. when you really like what you do, it's hard to find that separation. So good for you. Today, too, we're constantly distracted. We have our phones. We don't take that downtime that we probably should. And I just had someone today say to me, well, you didn't respond to my text message. And I thought I had put my phone away because I'm trying to be more intentional about maybe leaving my phone. I understand certain people can't do that if you're a doctor or you're on call, but I'll leave my phone in my home office for an hour and just not look at it to have that separation. So good for you for asking the questions too, and looking inside yourself for what you want to be doing that you're not doing and how you can honor yourself. And I think a lot of women feel like they have to be the doers, the fixers. And that's kind of what people expect lawyers to do too. So it's a double whammy for women who are attorneys that they've put it on themselves and then their career puts that on their plates. Then you're like only working and helping other people and you forget about you. And it's bad. It's bad when it gets to that point because then it's hard to really get back on track unless you stop everything and try to refocus. And I didn't do it alone. I shared it with my husband. I told my best friend, I got myself a a sales coach, a business coach. Like we talked a lot about this. And I think a lot of women feel they can't ask for help. They can't go get help. Why would I? Everybody asks me for help. Why would I go get help? But we should remember that it's okay. We don't have to help everybody 24 seven. Because if you don't help yourself, you can't help. It's kind of like when you're on a plane and they say, put your own mask on first and then put the mask on person next to you. Why don't we do that in life? We'll save ourselves in an airplane crash, but we won't save ourselves from everyday stress and anxiety. And that's a great point. I have young kids. They say that to me a lot lately (laughs) when I'm on the planes. And even the most successful athletes have coaches. Yeah. They do. And that's why they're successful. But they also know that they need help in getting to where they want to go, not because it makes them weak, but it makes them stronger. And it's okay. And no one should have to do it alone. No, I agree. Nobody. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Ask for the help, get what you need, but know what you want and do what makes you feel comfortable. Because what I did may not be what somebody else needs to get out of that slump. Figure it out. It's okay. Whatever it is, that's you. You have to do you before you can really do anything else for anybody else. And that, again, took me 50 years to figure out and get it done. So I get it. 
Thank you for joining us today, Sabrina. I love how you have built such an intentional practice and that you gave yourself permission to pivot into what you were really born to do instead of staying on the path you started out in. I wanted to thank you. This was a great platform to be able to hear other women and their struggles and things, because I think we need to hear it. We're not alone. What we're going through is not special. Everybody has something going on and it's okay because we're all human still. And it's just as important, in addition to sharing the business and the leadership advice to share the humility and the vulnerability as well, because we're all going through it every day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Please share with us how and where we can find you. My website is sabrinawintherslaw.com. We have a YouTube channel. We're on LinkedIn. We're on uh, Instagram and TikTok as well. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at hello at shebuiltit.com on our She Built It website or at She Built It on social. Thank you to my editor, Rich Streffolino, who always makes us sound good. Until next time, let nothing stop you from experiencing the life and business that you crave.